0: Usefulness always scales, and it always will, and that's what we're going to talk about on this week's episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, where we visit with Jay Bear, author of Utility. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance, and my guest today is Jay Bear. He is a digital marketing strategist, speaker, and author. Uh, founded a firm called convince and convert and is also the author of a book we're going to talk about today called Utility, why smart marketing is about help, not hype. So thanks for joining me, Jay.
1: My pleasure, my friend. How are you? I am
0: awesome. So here's my first question. How and why has marketing fundamentally changed and what new expectations do consumers, clients now have that business must fulfill? You know, I hopefully you know I'm just kidding, but that's what your publicist sent me, so I thought I would actually read that question on the air.
1: That was uh that
0: was that was the better one that I edited. Yeah, you should've seen the first one. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> I get those all the time. So forgive me for that. But Oh, uh, <laughs> I do too. All right, so uh one of the premises of this book is that we as marketers need to be making stuff that is so useful, making primarily marketing, that is so useful people would pay for. Gosh, tell me about a world where that exists.
1: it, it does exist. Uh you know, here's the thing. Marketing is harder than ever, and you know that uh, for, for a lot of reasons, right? We have an explosion of uh, sort of fragmentation of, of, uh, of places that people can get information. Uh, we've got all these different sources of recommendation we didn't used to have and Yelp and, uh, you know, Angie's List and TripAdvisor and all this stuff. But but one of the biggest moves on the chessboard is that, you know, companies are being forced to compete for attention line by line and pixel for pixel against our actual friends and family members. So if you look at your Facebook feed or your Twitter account or even your email inbox, it's a combination of personal and professional relationships, right? It's your friends and your spouse and some companies that you support. And so it's not as if you just have to compete against other companies that sell the same stuff. You have to compete against everything. Like every cute cat video is competition to your business. And so the question becomes, John, it's not so much are you better at marketing than the other guys in your industry, it's are you more interesting to me than my own wife or my actual friends? And that's a really, really difficult bar to clear for business. So I think there's two ways to succeed in that hyper-competitive environment. You you can either pursue the line that you see all the time and I see all the time and listeners see all the time, which is be amazing, just be awesome, be viral, And and that is a very, attractive line of thinking, um, but I think it's very, very difficult to achieve. Most of us are not amazing. Most of us are not awesome. And I feel like that is a a marketing strategy of hope more so than actual a game plan. So instead, I uh, advise that instead of trying to be amazing, what if you just tried to be useful? What if you just tried to be truly and inherently useful and created marketing uh, that people want instead of marketing that businesses need?
0: You, have, I mean, you list lots of examples. So I'll, I'll call you out kind of early. You know, can you give me an example of a company that you think is really doing that well?
1: Let me give you a small business example, then I'll give you a somewhat larger business. So one of my favorite examples is in Banff, uh, up in Alberta, in Canada. Banff's a big tourist town, lots of bars and restaurants, skiing and lakes and moose and grandeur, eagles. Uh, there's lots of bars and restaurants, lots of taxi drivers, but there's only one taxi driver in Banff who is a utility. His name is Taxi Mike. And once a quarter, he creates the Taxi Mike Dining Guide for Banff. He's a taxi driver, right? So he knows all the stuff. He knows the truth. So he goes to his local uh, FedEx, Kinko's kind of place, right, and creates this document, very low production values, right? This is like in Mac paint or something. Uh, and he lists the best places for, you know, outdoor dining and the best sports bars and the best place to go for cocktails and et cetera, and prints it out on very, very, very yellow paper. Folds it up as a trifold and hands it out for free to all the bars and restaurants. And if you're in Banff, you'll see this guide at all the different places around town because it's super useful. He is essentially a one-man Yelp, and he has a map of downtown on the cover so you can find all these bars and restaurants. And at the end of the night, after you've been to several bars in Banff, you're like, I gotta figure out how to get back to my hotel. You're not going to ask the bartender to call you a taxi. You're going to pull out of your pocket this very yellow, crumpled up piece of paper you've been looking at all night and say, oh, Taxi Mike. And there's his phone number.
0: And and this is one guy, one cab?
1: One guy. One guy.
0: (laughs) All right. What's
1: what's your bigger company? example? The other one that I talk about uh, quite a bit that really resonates with people is Hilton. Hilton Hotels has a program on Twitter called Hilton Suggests. It's at Hilton Suggests. And it started off pretty simply. They they took 25 hotels throughout North America, and they got actually volunteers from each hotel. This wasn't a part of a job; it was on the side. And they said, "Okay, here's what we want you to do: we want you to just pay attention to Twitter, and if you can find an opportunity to help, just help." End of instructions. So that's what they do. People, uh, you know, say things on Twitter, and they find them. They strategically eavesdrop. And they leap into those conversations, and they make restaurant reviews, and, other, and it doesn't matter whether you're staying at a Hilton Hotel or not, they'll reach out to you and help you every single time they can. One of the great examples that we talk about in the book is a guy who had a sick dog, and just tweeted out there sort of randomly on Twitter, hey, my dog is sick, I just moved to this town, I don't know what to do. Hilton Hotel sees this and says, oh, there's a great vet over at 13th and Q. The guy's like, whoa, okay, hey, thanks, Hilton takes his dog there, the dog's fine, and he's like, I cannot believe that Hilton hotels just use staff time and staff resources to make sure my dog was okay. But it's a very smart play, right? Because utility is about long term value, right? If you if you sell something, right, you can create a customer today. But if you help someone, you can create a customer for life. And that's what Taxi Mike understands, that's what Hilton understands, and that's what utility is about.
0: Yeah and I, I'm 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 just imagining all of the CEOs and business owners saying, "Well, you, you, how do I get ROI out of that?" <laughs> you know, and and I, yeah, I, I believe what you're saying, truly. But I think when when somebody's sitting there saying, "I need to make a sale this week," yeah, that's great, you know. But about the the long term, but you know, how do I how do I use that to meet my initial or my immediate marketing objectives?
1: Well, what I would tell you is the sales you make this week are based on the seed that you planted a year ago. Right. Right. Okay. It's it's. I saw Gary Vaynerchuk speak the other day. He and I were at a conference together and he said, look, you know, everybody wants to hunt, but nobody wants to farm. And that's what utility is about.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. the um, Because we have access to Facebook and and the billions there now and Twitter and, you know, all these networks, uh, I, I think there's some people that would sense or feel at least uh, that the top of the funnel that, that people used to talk about has actually gotten bigger and, I think because of everything that's gone on, because of the technology we now have, because of inbound marketing, I think the top of the funnel has actually gotten much smaller.
1: Oh, I completely agree. It's a total paradox, right? This, this idea that social media is super, super fast is true on the surface, but as an actual business development tactic, it's actually quite slow. Um, so it happens fast, but the benefits accrue slowly because fundamentally – Social is a much better, and again, we'll talk about social, and, and some utilities are social and some aren't, but but social in particular, in my estimation, is a much better loyalty and retention play than it is a straight customer acquisition play, because the people who are likely to be interacting with you on social as a business are the people who have already given you money, yeah. right? You, you don't go to Facebook and say, hey, I have no idea what this business does, but I sure do like them, right? right? You like on Facebook or on Twitter or in any other sort of Pinterest, Instagram, you like digitally what you actually like in three dimensions so i feel like social media success is often a trailing indicator of being a good company not a leading indicator of being a good company
0: you have a a chapter on a term which i don't i don't know if you coined it it's it's like the first time i've heard it (laughs) a friend of mind awareness Um, and, and you talk about the fact that that Search engine use is actually dying uh, as a as a utility, so to speak, and and so you want to talk a little bit about you know how a company might uh, might think about this idea. Friend of mine, awareness.
1: Yeah, I mean, search as a behavior is more important than ever. Search engines as a place are less important than ever because there's all these other places that we go now to get recommendations, whether it's Facebook or or Yelp or even Siri, places like that, right? So there's all this this other stuff that we use to to find. Uh, places to buy things, etc. Um, and friend of mine awareness um, is is really this this notion of utility. And if you can create uh, information, if you can create content that is very useful, um, you know, would you pay Hilton Hotels to give you recommendations? Yeah, you absolutely would. It's called tipping the concierge. It's the same thing. Right. So if you can create really really useful information, your customers and prospective customers will keep you close like a friend, the same way they keep their friends and family members close. And in in modern digital marketing, that means they go to your website and they bookmark it and they get your emails and they follow you on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and they download your mobile app if you're in that game and they look at your infographic, etc. They, They trust you and they keep you close. They keep you at hand the same way they keep their friends and family members at hand.
0: I had a uh, you. You and I were talking before we started uh, recording here about you know what what I think that uh, that the book really does is solves kind of the problem of people that that have been doing quite well uh, digitally and are starting to maybe sense that things are changing, things are slowing down, and you know it was easy when when you were first mover to Twitter or first blogger and things, that things are changing a little bit in that regard yeah. from a competitive standpoint. And I want to read you a, an actual question I got from a probably i would call mid-sized business and uh, and you know what kind of ask you what you would advise this person so um we are a straight up e-commerce play we're not we have number one market share our company has has really mastered adwords but the cost of adwords now is going through the roof um we do a great job with seo we own 99 as literally said 99 of our top 120 uh, keyword phrases um and and business is good but we sense a change is coming Um, again that that wasn't probably enough for you to really advise but if somebody came to you and said you know what should we be doing um, in context of what you've written about what how would you maybe advise that company
1: I don't know for a fact but my supposition is that the majority of their SEO and and uh, paid search efforts are around uh, specific products or product categories probably right so what I talked about in the book, and, and I have even more of this in, in the presentations that I give about the book, is you've got to give yourself permission to make the story bigger. You have to, you have to transcend the transactional. That's one of the big keys uh, to, to utility is say, look, let's not worry so much about our products and services. Let's worry more about how we can improve the lives of the people who benefit from our products and services. So let me give you an example. Uh, Columbia Sportswear is one of my clients. And I I wasn't uh, in charge of this, so I don't want to take credit for it, but we do some work with them. And they have a mobile app called What Knot to Do in the Great Outdoors, K-N-O-T. And it shows you how to tie knots. It actually gives animated demos of how to tie different knots in different situations. So if you're hiking or you're hanging off a cliff face, that's pretty good information to have. But here's the thing. Columbia doesn't sell rope, right? They're not in the rope right. business. But what they're doing is creating content, creating utility, if you will, that makes the lives better of the people that buy the stuff they do sell, which is outdoors gear. So it's it's marketing sideways. In fact, I almost called this book Marketing Sideways uh, because it's, it's this idea of how do you Focus on on the life and the livelihood of your customers, as opposed to just saying we've got great stuff, buy it.
0: Okay, so that title's still available.
1: I I get that domain
0: name right now before this yeah, podcast yeah. runs. So, all right, if I'm the salesperson out there, I, and and I really hear this a lot. Of course, you know, if marketers feel shut out, imagine the salesperson.
1: You know, where oh,
0: now terrible. now I can know more about your products and services than you do. I've researched 70% uh, of my way to making my decision before you even know I exist. Um, you know, what's the sales... How, how could a salesperson say, you know what, I'm going to get proactive and and jump on this train?
1: Well, you're exactly right. Um, you, you It used to be that the salesperson had all the information that the customer needed to make a purchase, and now that information is or should be uh, unleashed uh, on the customer. You talk about you know the, the, the customer knowing as much. I gave a presentation recently to a, a large conference of automobile dealers, guys who own car dealerships. And you want to talk about an industry where that's true, right? People walk in every minute of every day knowing as much or more about the car than the guy who's trying to sell them a car, right. which is a really, really tough uh, scenario. So I think first and foremost, uh, just operationally, right? We've got to get to the point where it's not sales and marketing, it's sales plus marketing. You just have to get those two groups of people working much, much more closely together in the company. This idea that marketing sets them up and sales knocks them down and all that is, uh, I think is, is an anachronism and it's not going to work very much. Everybody in sales is in marketing and everybody in marketing is partially in sales. So, operationally, I think that's part of it. Yeah. Uh, procedurally, I think the salesperson uh, also has to have permission, either explicit or implicit, to work with the prospect on things that that are not their products and services, yeah. right? how can we how can we be a useful salesperson? How can we understand uh, their situation and connect the dots for them as opposed to just, well, here's the eleven things we have, which one do you want?
0: Yeah, and it, it comes down to—I mean, you, you're using the term utility or usefulness, but it really does always come down to value. I mean, I don't need a yeah, sales so evaluation unless, unless, right? unless, unless they can deliver me something that I can't get without them. And I—I I think that you know, I don't need a relationship. I, I don't—you know—I don't need somebody to take me out to dinner or drinks. I mean, I need somebody to really bring me something yep. of value, and that's—you yeah. know—that that quite often is outside of what my company makes and ships and sells.
1: Yeah, I mean, value-based selling as a concept has been around for a long time, and I've been a big proponent of it forever, but not everybody has embraced it because they didn't have to. Good idea. Uh, a lot of companies that embrace value-based selling have done great, but but not a flat-out requirement. Now, with the prevalence of information and the fact that most of your customers have access to all of the world's information at all times in their pants, I don't think you can get away with not having value-based selling, at least with any sort of complex um, or... Uh, you know, B two B type product that actually requires some some interaction. Now, if you're Twizzlers or something, maybe a different story. Yeah,
0: um, it seems to me, and and actually, you talk um, at least some about this idea. It seems to me that uh, th- this really goes hand in hand with building a and and nurturing a vibrant community. And and obviously, you know, just because you put up uh, some sort of network that allows people to talk with other people, you know that. A lot of people. I think we've learned that that's not how you build community. But it seems to me like doing something useful and then uh, inviting your community to somehow participate, maybe even moderate, maybe even expand and amplify. Uh, seems like it goes really hand in hand here.
1: Absolutely, and that's where social comes into play. Right. What I what I say in the book is that content is fire. And social media is gasoline. And, and I really believe that and try and, and try and live that creed, not only in my own business, but, but for our clients. Uh, and the most important audience, the most important audience for your utility is not your prospective customers. The most important audience for utility are your current customers and even before that, your employees. Because if your employees aren't psyched, if they're not bought in, why would your customers be? Well, that so it's get your employees psyched then get your current customer psyched. And then your employees and current customers will help get your prospective customer psyched
0: one of the things it's that,
1: inside out.
0: Yep. I, I, and I, again, I, I, think I wrote in one of my last books, a line that that gets often retweeted is that your, your customers are, are I'm sorry, your employees are treating your customers exactly as you're treating them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. It's amazing how often that continues to show up uh, on Twitter. Um, one of the things that I think a lot of people jump to, and you have some really very, you already cited one example that used this um is I think a lot of people will jump to the conclusion that they just need to build an app um and and put that out there and and um I wonder if because you share some great examples, uh, but i think that uh, I think that's misguided to think an app's going to solve usefulness on its own.
1: Oh no question. Um, I'm a big proponent of of apps not only for utility, but just sort of the direction the internet is headed. I talk in the book about the amplification uh, of the web and, and how I think you know, websites in general are going to wane uh, in importance over time in favor of apps, and there's a lot of sort of very complicated platform reasons for that. But, but to, the, to the question that you ask, the problem with most apps is that they don't transcend the transactional, right? The problem with most right. apps yeah. is it's just a different way to buy the products that you already have it's not Columbia showing you how to tie knots. Most apps would be Columbia showing you, here's some jackets to buy, which is fundamentally lame. Like, I can do that already. I can do that on their website. I can do that on Facebook. I can do that in a store. It doesn't do anything for me that I can't already get myself. Now, conversely... You look at an app um, like what Vanderbilt Medical Center did, we talk about in the book, and they're um, in Nashville. They have an app called the Coach Smart App, and they built it for high school coaches in Nashville. And it's unbelievable. You press a button, uh, and at some point, your phone vibrates, and that means it's time to get your players off the field because there's lightning in the area. It's a real-time lightning locator app. Now, that's amazing, right? You can't do that any other way. You can't do that on paper. You can't. There's no other way to make that happen. And it's so useful now that it's been downloaded tens or hundreds of thousands of times by people who are fishing or in a canoe or a kayak. In fact, it's so useful that more than half of the NFL teams have downloaded it now.
0: Yeah, and imagine, I mean, to me, that's, that's obviously, that's the, 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 that's the top of the mountain, right? Is that tens of thousands of people want this thing you have that, that then is branded by you, but, right. but they want it because it, go ahead.
1: It's yeah just no that's it. yeah they they, yeah, they want it, yeah, they want it because it's useful right It's not you know you're and and some of it again, you're taking a long term approach to to farming instead of hunting right yeah. um you know does it mean that more people in Nashville are sick and need to go to the hospital? well no, it doesn't but but now they're painting on a national canvas for yeah. donors for research grants for media relations, all that kind of stuff
0: so does this uh, I already asked about uh, roi um and I you know again I think so many people still still want to get stuck on that question but does does this approach suggest maybe a different way of keeping score
1: I think you can keep score the regular way with math and dollars if you structure the program like that in fact I'm very proud of the last part of the book where we talk about metrics because I actually walk through the real ROI formula in a real case study so if you have a blog and you you know, wrote that blog around utility and being useful, and here's how many leads you generated, and lifetime customer value, and average margin, and here's exactly what the ROI would be for an exact utility uh, execution. I think that's a really useful uh, walkthrough for people. But the reality is, not everybody can track revenue online, right? If you're Vanderbilt, as like we just talked about, or even Columbia, who has a lot of different places that they sell their products, uh, you 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 know the 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 revenue trail goes cold somewhere. And that's true whether it's online utility or offline utility or TV or radio or print or direct mail. There's there's a lot of circumstances where you can't necessarily tie it together end to end. And that's where you start looking at things like uh, either, you know, reach and awareness or I'm a big proponent of actually surveying customers and saying, look, how many of you guys who bought stuff from us are actually aware of this blog that we write? You know, did that have any impact on your decision-making, I feel like we, you know, John, we're about the same age. We've been doing this a long time and it's super fantastic that we've got all these digital analytics tools and I use them every day as you do. But I feel like we're at this weird place in marketing where we tend to use the data instead of actually having conversations. We use it as a shortcut. And if you really want to know what your customers think, if you really want to know how to help your customers, and if you really want to know what impact your utility is having on your business, you need to actually talk to your customers. You need to actually get them on the phone or sit them down and have real conversations with them. You can't just look into your magic analytics ball and, uh, and, and understand what the impact is sometimes.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and I think that that, you know, so many times, I mean, that's misleading on ROI or, or overvaluing the last click and, and things of that nature because, again, it would be very difficult to, to really know how many people are buying Columbia Sportswear because they have that app, uh, but, I, I, you know, you, you've got to believe that uh, in the big picture that that is doing them tremendous value. So, um, yeah, but it's downloaded hundreds of thousands of times, right? Yeah, that's that's, that's right. That has to generate something. Yeah, and and plus, I'm sure I'm sure there's been media mentions like crazy and uh-huh. things of that nature, right? Open a um, book, so there's that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I am talking with Jay Bear. He is the author of Utility: Why Smart Marketing Is About Help, Not Hype. And I want to end on uh, probably my favorite uh, topic uh, from the book, and that is you talk about m- the need to market your own marketing. You want to. You want to expand on that just Thanks. a little bit?
1: <laughs> Thanks, John. It's funny. Uh, everybody who does marketing for a living—that uh, that's the consultant's favorite chapter. Like you know, like across the board, because everybody's lived that, right? So the reality is that the vast majority of times, a company creates a utility or any sort of content execution, whether it's a, a blog or a podcast or an infographic or an app or a video or whatever, nothing happens nothing happens. And it's because as marketers, it's kind of human nature to treat the fact that the thing is made as the end of the journey, when in fact, that's just the beginning of the journey. You have to have a marketing plan for your marketing executions. In the book, I talk about an example of a a different hospital app uh, out of Phoenix for car seats and how they had a 60-day launch plan just for this mobile app, right, on the homepage of their website and emails and Facebook ads and Twitter ads and local media relations and national media relations. They had all these marketing assets just around the launch of this one thing. And, and so you have to continually think about how do we make sure that we are drawing attention to, to this particular uh, utility execution, and, and that's where social media, I think, really comes into play. That idea of content is fire and social media is gasoline, categorically companies would be better off if they used social to promote their utility first and their company second. Because I don't care how enthusiastic your fans are or what you do, you cannot continue to use social media solely as the world's shortest press release. This, hey, let's send out a tweet that basically says, paraphrased, we're awesome, click here to allow us to prove it, is not going to work. It's not going to work. Because, again, you're competing for attention against my wife. So you've got to up your game. So if you can say instead, here's a tweet that says, we created an amazing app that shows you how to tell not, tie knots. What? That's pretty cool. That I'm going to click on. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, awesome. Um, I, I think what happens with a lot of marketers, too, is that that you know, when they're busy putting the stuff, to, the marketing department's putting all the stuff together, they're creating the... the, the the actual product itself and they're so sick of it by the time it's ready to go out that, that nobody wants to spend the energy to market it actually market it but
1: it, uh, it's spoken like an author right there brother that's uh, that's the uh, yeah the day the book launches like i don't want to talk about this book anymore yeah no kidding
0: so uh it is late june uh when uh, some of the first people are hearing this and the book is uh, out on the street are you uh, where are you speaking uh this, this I know summer sometimes can be slow for that, but you've you got some uh, uh, July, August, September things uh, where uh, somebody might bump into you?
1: Yeah, you know, I did it opposite this time, right? So I actually wrote this book based on a presentation that I gave, uh, that I started to give. So it's been an interesting dynamic where I've been speaking about this topic for quite a while, and now here comes the book. But I've got... Um, Several, uh, uh, several this week around the actual book launch in New York and and uh, St. Louis and Indianapolis uh, near my house. Uh, July I'll be in Arizona um, uh, doing a bunch of speeches there. Several in August, and then come you know September in the big conference season, uh, I will be uh, I will be everywhere. You'll be sick of me. So are you? Uh,
0: will you be at Inbound uh, Summit uh, HubSpot in
1: August? I, I may be. We're talking about that uh, right now. In fact, there's several mentions of HubSpot in the book. Yeah. Uh, love those guys. They they definitely epitomize some of the things that we're talking about here. So uh, we're we're trying to uh, trying to figure that out. I'd love to to get out to uh, inbound. I'll be at Exact Target's uh, Connections uh, Conference. Uh, I'm also the opening keynote for uh, Mike Stelzner's Social Media Success Summit. His uh, online uh, social media program. Yeah, that'll be a good one.
0: Well, so uh, the Exact Target. There's got to be a lot of people smiling. At
1: I tell you what, I've got uh, uh, a lot of newly minted friends. I'll tell you that I've been working with Exact Target for nine years, I think. When I started working with them, they I, my on my last agency, they were our email partner, and I've been a consultant to them for oh, I don't even know six years, seven years, something like that. When I first started working with that company, they had forty employees total. Mm. So to see them sell for $2.5 billion, uh, it's a pretty exciting day for everybody. I'm really happy for them. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Jay, thanks so much. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, uh, catch you out there on the road sometime soon.
1: Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah.